What is happening? Welcome to Create Your Joy, a podcast where we learn to enjoy and embrace the perceived mundane and train our brain so we can enjoy the here and now, get that joie de vivre going on. My name is Katie. I'm a spiritual life coach. Let's go. Hello, beloved. How are you? How have you been? What did you get into last week? What was last week? Let me look at my calendar. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Last week, you know, time keeps on slipping into the future, like Steve Miller Band says. (laughs) I'm like, oh, it's already November. November. We just had daylight savings, which I think should be a freaking holiday in my opinion because a bitch loves some sleep. And so I love daylight savings because it gives me that extra little bit of energy, that hour. Who knew an hour could make such a difference? So it's given me more time to basically just be still with me. That's all that I'm ever looking for. I have Three kids that live at home, they're all teenagers. Um, Life is busy. You have work and all the other elements in that you factor into being you. So it's nice to just be still in your free time. At least that's what I do in my free time. What do you guys do in your free time? I like to go for walks. I take a lot of walks because I love looking at the leaves and just feeling the weather before it gets ready to shift into snow season. So... I'm taking advantage of it. It's been a little rainy, but I don't care. I still go. I can always get a good 10, 15 minutes in. Plus, it's like a beta interrupter for me walks. And it's something that I put on the podcast last week on your nervous system that just helps kind of slow you down a little bit and it calms you on the inside. So what do you guys get into in your spare time? It'd be interesting to see. You always know how to hit me up, Katie thejoylady at gmail.com. Or you can always DM me on my Instagram feed um, at joy is your birthright. Speaking of Instagram, that's what I'm doing this month. It's turkey month, which most people are already on to Christmas. Good grief. But uh, it's gratitude month. That's what I was looking at November for. It is gratitude month. November is thankful November. So on my Instagram, I'm just posting little things every day that I'm grateful for. I have a grateful or gratitude, excuse me, practice that I engage in daily before I do my meditation. But I'm really liking this because I like to look for ways and I love to take pictures. That's something that I do for fun. And Combining the two is beautiful. It makes me dig deeper on what abundance is. So I was realizing the other day, we always denote abundance as financial or maybe health. I don't know. What do you call abundance? But I was thinking, looking around at all the clothes in my house of my children, and I'm like, this is abundance. I get what I ask for (laughs) because there's clothes everywhere, and that's abundant. So what are you noticing as abundance in your life? Focus on that this week. I want to see what you guys come up with. That would be interesting. So, and also check out my Instagram if you feel. I'm back at it. I think I'm going to try my move at some reels and things like that. So 
Well, who knows? We'll see how that goes. Why don't you guys give me some ideas or things that you'd like to see, some topics you'd like to see, and I can start in that direction because I've never dove into that before, but that's okay. I'm just not really one for technology. I like to live my life, not be in it, but I do like to get on Instagram for the uplifting. It's a little mini coach, but once it starts to get redundant and full of anger and hostility and shit, then I'm like, oh, I got to put this down. Or once I start to see it sucked up a lot of my time, I try to make it like five, 10 minutes. Or when I'm waiting little places, that's when I like to get on Instagram. If I'm like waiting, because I'm not really one to play games on my phone and things like that. I'm just, I like to read magazines. I like who gets magazines anymore? I heard someone say the other day, this bitch right here. I love magazines and I like to read. I like to go for walks. Just things like that. I don't know. In my Bella Grace magazine, I get this magazine called Bella Grace and I love it. And I recommend it to anybody who wants to slow themselves down a little bit in life. But in this, it comes out quarterly. So for each season, there's a, an episode and it's written by the readers. So I love it because it just, it just puts you in a quaint space of simpler times, not like pioneer times or anything, but just a simpler space. And this season, it has 100 things that we wish that would be brought back. So things like having pen pals or chain letters. I don't know how old any of you are, but I'm not that old. I don't look that old, but I am older. And so when I was growing up, we used to have pen pals and chain letters and just we things were just different. I didn't have technology like some of you do growing up. I didn't cell phones didn't even freaking come out until I was in my 20s. I was like one of my first jobs. I worked at Altel giving away cell phones for free. And people thought, now there's got to be a catch. And back then they really were free. You just had you had to pay for minutes, but the phones themselves were free. People were like, no, no, I don't believe in that. And now <laughs> what, people would love to get a phone for free because now you got to pay the monthly little fee and pay it off in increments or pay all up front. Just funny how times go. But or a cell phone was Zach from Saved by the Bell with that big ass clunky phone. I just grew up in a simpler time. So it was cool to see a hundred things we wish we could bring back that were just simpler, that brought you joy, that you took for granted in the moment. That's another aspect of gratitude, right? Okay, so before we get started, let's do the soul truth and then we'll get into our little topic today. So the soul truth, if I, I think I moved it to the back, but remember, we're just picking off the top for our soul truth, Brianne Hovey, soul truth. I just picked these up on Amazon, you guys, by the way, I always get asked, a lot of people like the cards, the soul truth cards, and I just got them off Amazon. I love Oracle cards or journal prompt cards, anything that can take me outside of myself, because we're a creature of habit. I know I am. Even when I go out to eat, I am order the same freaking thing because I'm like, well, nobody can fuck up chicken nuggets. So I'm always like chicken tenders and ranch, chicken tenders and ranch. Well, sometimes there's something else good on the menus besides chicken tenders and ranch. So this is a way to get you a cheeseburger or something different <laughs> in your mind. 
So the Soul Truth card today says, what am I waiting for? Am I waiting for someone else to come do it for me? That's something to ponder. Are you waiting for someone to come save you or rescue you? Let's see what the back says. Are you waiting on someone else before you can take the big leap? What if you were to take life into your own hands and forge your own unique path? Put your heart into action and ask yourself, what risk can I take today to move my dream forward? Make a decision and do it. No more waiting for others. Do it scared. Take the leap. Today's soul action. So this is your aligned action for the day. No more thinking, only doing. Be brave and you will discover what you're really made of. Wild soul, strong heart, can't lose. So if I've done that before, I apologize, but you must need to hear it. So what are you? Are you waiting for somebody else to come save you? Are you waiting for somebody else? Do you think you're not strong enough, beloved? Because you are. You're totally strong enough. And I love how it says, do it scared, take the leap. Because that is a lesson we're going to keep learning over and over and over again. Do it scared. Be brave. Be courageous. You can feel fear. It's okay to feel fear. That's a human emotion. But do it anyway. Don't let fear stop you. How many things have you been afraid of that you realized once you per pushed through or persevered that you're like, holy shit, that was so much easier than I thought it ever was. I could raise my hand like 50 times over on that because anything new that you haven't done before, your brain basically wants to tell you it's like you're stepping into the dark and the boogeyman's in there. And that's not true. When you step, then that step will be illuminated. Look at it like, I don't know if you uh, watch videos like I do, but Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, you know, where he takes the steps on the sidewalk and they light up, boom, boom. That's what, look at fear like that. Take a step and then it lights up and then you take the next step and it lights up and there's no really getting it wrong because the whole objective is just to learn, right? So were you really, did you really learn something? Are you a failure? How can you fail at learning? Really, how can you fail? You've learned either what you did right or what not to do again. Either way, we come out a winner, right? So do it scared, take the leap. No more thinking, only doing. And it says no more thinking because more than likely you know what you're supposed to be doing. You just make excuses because you're scared. Light up the step, boo. Light up the step. Walk out like Michael. Anyway, so before we go right into the topic, I wanted to go back to last week on the nervous system. I want you guys, if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that episode. I recorded that episode because a lot of creation people are into like their, I want to create money or a different job or get good grades or get that person that I love, SP, or learn to like me more. But and our nervous system is a huge, huge, huge aspect of creation. Because if you're not taking time for self-care, and self-care is not, it's beyond just a bubble bath or getting massages or pedicures and things like that. Self-care is stopping to take time with yourself to just be with yourself and see what stresses you out and what triggers or slivers, as I like to call them, get up under your skin I know that I love music, right? We all know that if you've listened to this podcast, I love music. And so if music and bass and music and 
it's starting to stress me out or things like that that I normally love, I'm in overwhelm. Why am I in overwhelm? I have to take a step back and take care of myself in that moment and be a friend to me and a mom to me and be like, girl, what's going on? What are you doing? What what are you feeling? Why do you feel like that? It's okay. And I have to love on myself. So that's why the nervous system is so big. It's an aspect of creation too, because if you're not calm and still, how are you going to really hone in on what you want or what you don't want to create what you want? So that's a big, huge aspect of creation is our nervous system. And another aspect that feeds into our nervous system that I've noticed and I really wanted to dive into this week, and we've talked about it before, is boundaries. I often think that life stresses us out and uh, part of an aspect of creation or stress is dealing with other people, right? The stories that we assign of other people. Basically, they're post-it notes that we post on other people. That's how I view it. The stories we tell about other people, post-it note I put on you, you are overwhelming or you're unkind or you're mean. And understanding the stories that we give to other people is another aspect of self-care and talking gentle to ourselves and learning. That's all, right? Like I just said, learning. We're on a journey to learn about ourselves and what makes us tick so that we can knock down walls that we perceive as limiters and go through them or around them or over them. We can just get over and get through that wilderness to the promised land, to the milk and honey that we're all really after. So as an aspect of the nervous system, part of that, what we, what we discussed was fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, right? And fawning is an aspect of people pleasing. And I have Past podcasts on both of those boundaries get you some and then a people pleasing episode go back and listen to those they're very concise and to the point I think they're only like 10 minutes so if you just want to snack and get it condensed but we're going to go into it again today on boundaries because I have noticed in myself and in others the past couple of weeks this topic seems to be something that keeps coming up because a lot of my clients and even myself i notice uh when i set boundaries with others i'm having a lot of buck <laughs> in my experience or people wanting to buck and sometimes the bucking makes us question ourselves like am i being mean cuz i like to lead with love in a lot of things and so sometimes it can be an illusion over us when people buck back that we think we're not being loving or we're not being kind and we really are we're just being loving and kind to ourselves and they're used to them getting their way with us and so i just thought let's revisit boundaries and what they are and what they mean So everything we do on this planet typically requires an interaction with another person. And we can view this in two ways. We can be like, I used to be and sometimes still am (laughs) and have thoughts like people are so fucking annoying. Why do they think like that? They should be different so I can feel this way or I can feel that way. Uh, An example of this I'll give from my own life when we're parking when I'm with my husband and he drives, I'm like, holy fuck, he is so annoying. Why does he think like this? He should be different. So I can get to feel calm or whatever I want to feel. And that's bullshit. He, Why do I let his action or his 
parking create, why do I create a thought within me that creates violence in my universe, basically? Or why do I commit violence against myself for actions that he's doing? Do I think that he's trying to hurt me with the way he parks? No, he's a different human being and he's allowed to park any fucking way he wants. But I make that mean something, right? I make it mean he should be doing it different. And no, he shouldn't. That's just a manual I have. And what's even more annoying is I could change that manual at will. It just depends on the mood I'm in or what's going on in my orbit or what other factors contributed. I could think he's parking just fine. Or I could think a number of things. That's why it's subjective. His parking is none of my business. I'm all up in his business thinking how he should be. (laughs) So basically, boundaries are our way of interacting with others and allowing people to be exactly who they need to be. And being okay with that because I create how I feel with my thoughts, not by their actions, right? So now, like I said, we've discussed boundaries in the past, but boundaries are what you, 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 boundaries are what you will do in the event that someone does something. In other words, boundaries are about you, not the other person, meaning it's not about what they should do. So you can have a feeling. It's not about how my husband should park so I could feel. Boundaries are about me having my own back when someone acts in a way that I don't believe serves me or aligns with what I'm trying to create in the world. Okay. And parking is not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So for example, like running late, someone might be running late. Do you know anyone in your life that runs late all the time? And you go to meet them and they're always running late. Well, an example of a boundary in that area is, hey, if you come 10 minutes late after 10 minutes, I'm dipping out. I don't fuck with you like that. Like you're allowed to live your life. I understand we all get behind and we all have things, but I have my time that I'm trying to manage. So if you're more than 10 minutes late, I'm leaving. And that's just how it is. And that's okay, right? Or another example, people talking to you and expecting you to stop what you're doing and answer this right away, whether at work or at home. I see this a lot in um, my household or maybe in corporate America. Somebody talks to you and just because they speak to you and they need an answer right away, or if they text you, you need to text them back right away. I call this urgency culture. And I believe it's because we're conditioned for instant gratification due to all the bells and whistles that we have available to us at this time, which is a beautiful thing. But just because you ask me a question or require something of me does not require me to respond to you right away or within seconds. What do they say? You teach people how to treat you. I learned this in therapy. My therapist was like at a job I had, it was very high stress and high demand. And he would tell me, Katie, you know that you can just count to three before you respond to people. And you can do a slow three, not like one, two, three. You could be like one, two, three. And sometimes people will be like, hello, right now. But tough shit. I get my time to think about it and to respond and to be present. And so you get to say, let me get back to you on that. Or hold, please. I'm thinking about the question. Even when you're face to face with somebody. 
you get that time. And if they don't respect that, then they are really not respecting, well, themselves, honestly. It has nothing to do with you because that's a story they've created. Let them have their story time. That's nothing to do with you. That's none of your business. But that's a boundary that you could set. A huge boundary I had to set in the past was in work. Like I said, I had a job where the amount of PTO you accumulate was seen as a badge of honor because it was very high demand, very go, go, go. So it's like, I have 300 hours of PTO. Look at me. I saved that up. It rolls over. I can't even get anymore. I work so much. (laughs) Or it was very common to work through your lunch and working late was expected. And that's okay if that's what you're into. But my kids got older and I decided I wanted to spend more time with them. They needed me. They were making some choices that I needed to be there for. And also, before I know it, they're going to be gone. My oldest is almost 20 now and he's living on his own. And I don't, I don't want to lose that time and not relish it. I want to savor every fucking drop. So that was a boundary I had to set at work. And I received pushback on that. Like, what are you doing? You know that this is required. When I was like, no, I got to leave it this time. And granted, I can take one day a week and work late if you want, but it's not going to be a habitual thing. And I had to run the risk of losing my job over that or having people think thoughts about me. And that's okay. I'm replaceable at my job. People come in and out of your life. We know that by now. If you lived a minute, you know that people have seasons. People come in and out of your life like the sunrise and sunset, you know? And am I going to place my worth and value in somebody who views me basically as an object that just makes them money? They don't care about me or what I value as a human being. And I'm replaceable to them. They'll replace me if I were to drop over dead in two weeks. They'll be like, oh, that was sad. Let's hire someone else. But my kids are going to be with me always, and I'm going to be with me always, and I wouldn't be able to be with me and create what I want to create in this world if I would have um, acquiesced to that. So that's just another example. So that brings me to the point of people are going to be upset when you assert yourself. People are going to be like, how dare you give me an ultimatum? How dare you tell me what to do? You're not the boss of me. This never bothered you before. And to that, I say, tough shit. It's, if you want to look at it as an ultimatum, oh, well, if it never bothered me before, well, I'm a different person now. It bothers me now. I get to design my life. I get to create the life I desire, even if that means changing my mind. How many times have you changed your mind? I could think of one reason alone, avocados. When I was a kid, avocados and cheese, I thought they were disgusting. Now I love both of them. I get to change my mind. That's the beauty of human nature. So you get to change your mind and you get to ask for what you want. But remember, another caveat in boundaries is people get to be themselves too. If you ask someone for something and they say no, well, okay then, they get to say no and that's their free will. 
However, this is where we get to show up and show out for ourselves and enforce the boundary. And I think that's the hard part. It reminds me of that Seinfeld episode. I don't know if you watched Seinfeld, but where he goes to the rental car counter and he goes, I made a reservation for a car. And they said, well, the car's gone. Yeah, I see the reservation, but we don't have the car. And he goes, no, I don't think you understand the concept of the reservation. Anybody could just take the reservation. The reservation holds the car. And that's the same thing for the boundary. The boundary is not the boundary unless you enforce the boundary. If you're like, don't come past this line, and then they step past it, and you're like, okay, well, this line. And then they step past that, okay, this line. You're not really having a boundary. You're in a fawn, people-pleasing mentality. You don't want someone to have a negative thought about you, so let me be fake as fuck and just put something out there so that I can be comfortable, not deal with confrontation. So it's really more of a fight or I guess a flea or fawn situation. And that's not how you should really be to get what you want to create in life. It's okay for people to have negative thoughts about you, honey. It really is. Because those negative thoughts have nothing to do with you, I promise you. It has everything to do with the story they're telling about themselves. Blame is always uh, comes from shame. Whenever somebody pushes blame out onto you, there's always a level of shame that they're feeling on the inside. We'll have to get into a podcast about that another day. But if ever anyone comes at you to blame you or for enforcing a boundary, it's because they feel a level of shame. They made that mean something about themselves. It has nothing to do with you, love. That's why the boundary is about you. The boundary that you enforce is always about you, though. This is you having your own back and having integrity with you. Don't feel shame within you for having a boundary and blame them for you not being able to keep your boundary. It can be scary and it can be daunting initially, but it's you saying to you, I'm going all in like little Wayne. I'm going in, I'm going in and I'm going to go hard, (laughs) go hard, go all in on yourself. And also this is a chance for us to question our thoughts I mean, if you ask someone to do something and they tell you no, what feeling comes up for you? Usually it's like anger. Maybe it is a little bit of shame. And What thoughts attach to that? And why are you creating that, beloved? Is it true? Is it true? Ask yourself that. Is it true? How do I show up for myself when I have that thought and that feeling? And who would I be if I could never have that thought again? That's why I say, go back to the episode, um, Is It True?, where I talk about Byron Katie and question your thoughts. That's what all this is about. We need to be questioning our thoughts and saying, okay, does this serve me? Is this aligned with who I want to create in the world? Does it? I know a lot of us have a hard time. I know, if especially if you... Um, are an empath or you have huge amounts of empathy for others, it can be hard to set a boundary because you look at people and you see the possibility of who they could be. I used to get into that big time. I like to lead with love. And so when I was a Mormon, it was always, what would Jesus do? And Still to this day, it's my biggest motto. My mantra in life is love, thy will be done. 
I want to do whatever's loving, whether that's towards me or somebody else. I want to be aligned with love. And so it's hard sometimes to set a boundary if you think that you're hurting someone, you know. And I had to go when I was, I learned this lesson also when I was Mormon. Uh, I went to my branch president and I was like, I want to lead with love, but how do I lead with love and know that it's not hurting me? Or when do you know that you're out of alignment with love? And he said to me, you know, Katie, if somebody were to molest your children, you could offer them forgiveness for that. But that doesn't mean that you would allow them to still be in your space. And the same thing goes with, uh, you know, other people, some people are not good people. I like to study the mind in all its facets. And so I study a lot on antisocial personality disorder and narcissists, because I like to understand what makes them tick. Because they're human beings too, and they deserve love. But they don't view people as people or they think emotions are a big hoopla. They just don't get the what all the fuss is about, you know. And there's those types of people out there. And I'm not saying that we have to go around the world guarded and worry about that. We don't really have to worry about that because whatever is for us will find us, you know. And so only good things if will find us if that's what we need. And if we need to learn a lesson, then that will find us too. But So don't get caught up in that. But what I'm saying is there are people out there in the world that don't have your best interests at heart. And that's just a fact of duality, beloved. But... uh you can still be loving and act in a way that's in alignment with love and not allow that in your orbit. Consider it like an asteroid that you freaking shoot out of the sky, like before it gets into your orbit with the laser so it doesn't crash into your planet, you know? It's okay that we set boundaries for ourselves. It doesn't mean we're not being loving. And where did you learn that setting boundaries wasn't loving? Setting boundaries is super loving. It teaches people how to treat you. It teaches people, okay, this is what I accept. This is how I like to be treated. And it also lets people know this is how I'm going to treat you. It's just like that girl that talks about everybody behind their back. You know, that bitch is talking about you too. But when you're around somebody who's like, hey, I don't really fuck with her either, but I don't like you when you talk negative about other people. You take note of that because she set a boundary and it lets you see that's how she is going to be as a friend towards you too. So boundaries are just, that's how you show up as a friend for you too, right? Anyway, I'm going to put a pin in that podcast today. Go back and listen to the nervous system again. See what area you're into. If you're a fight personality, flight personality, freeze or fawn? And then how does that apply to the boundaries that you're setting in your life? How does that apply? Do you look at everybody as a wedding cake when really they're just a cake mix on a shelf and they ain't never going to incorporate those ingredients together? Do you see the good in everybody even though they don't deserve it? When are you going to apply that to you? Have a good week, beloved, whatever you decide that to be. Peace out. Thanks for kicking it with me. If you want, you can reach me by emailing me at katiethejoylady at gmail.com or you can check out my website at www.joyisyourbirthright.com. 
there I always have four free intro sessions so we can pick at any limiting belief that you want and bring you some clarity so you can see what the power of coaching can do so hit me up otherwise have a beautiful beautiful week peace out